You're listening to Ari Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. This week on Ari Snapshots, we're chatting with Ari researcher Dr. Danica Goggin on her latest findings into 2,4-D research. The findings have been published in her paper, Plasma Membrane Receptor-Like Kinases and Transporters Are Associated with 2,4-D Resistance in Wild Radish. This paper was recently published in the Annals of Botany, Volume 125, and Peter Newman recently wrote Ari Insight on this paper and has done an explainer video. So Pete said this is one of the trickiest papers he's had to get his head around and I'll provide the links for Ari Insight with the podcast notes so you can have a look at those videos as well. But Danica joins us now to break it down for us. How are you going Danica? Good thanks. Now this is a complex paper but I'm confident that by the end of this interview people will be able to get their head around it a bit easier if they want to go down the path and try and read and understand it. So before we get into the findings of this paper though, could you just give us a little bit of a brief history of your research and findings with 2,4-D? Uh, yeah, well, I started working on 2,4-D resistance in 2012 and I had no background whatsoever in oxygenic herbicides, so it was a big learning curve and there wasn't much known about resistance in wild reddish either at the time. So I started with the standard sort of non-target site resistance experiments looking for differences in herbicide uptake, translocation and metabolism. And my first two populations showed really, really reduced translocation. So I thought, oh, wow, that must be it. But then I expanded out to another nine populations and found, sadly, that there was no correlation between resistance level and translocation. So I had to sort of go back to square one. And we did a gene expression study, and that looked as though the resistant plants had higher... um, auxin signaling and plasma membrane related genes so that was sort of the background to this new paper okay that makes sense so with this current paper what were you looking at specifically well it was interesting that the resistant plants showed all these genes in the plasma membranes that were more highly expressed so i followed up on that by looking directly at the proteins themselves in the membrane because that's more indicative of what's actually going on than just looking at gene expression, which isn't always related to what's actually going on. And I found three proteins in the plasma membrane that were correlated to resistance across my 13 populations. So there was a receptor-like kinase called LRK1, and there was a negative correlation between the abundance of that protein and resistance. And there was another receptor-like kinase which showed a positive correlation between abundance and resistance. And finally, there was an auxin transporter called ABCB19, which showed a positive correlation between the abundance of that and the ability of the resistant plants to recover and grow after they've been sprayed. The theory is that the LRK1 protein perceives 2,4-D before it actually enters the cell and initiates a kind of early auxin signaling response. And so we hypothesize that because the resistant plants have less of this protein that can see the 2,4-D, then they don't have this early auxin response. 
Yeah. So in your paper abstract, you talk about those findings and the fact that resistance to 2,4-D in wild radish appears to be due to that complex multifaceted mechanism that you've described there. Can you break it down for us a little bit further on what you found and, and what that means? Yeah, well, the uh, receptor kinase can really only be part of the story because although it sees the 2,4-D before it gets into the cell, the G4D still does get into the cell and does its normal awesome signaling pathway. And so it looks as though distant plants might have a whole combination of things going on. So they've got less receptor on the membrane and more of the other receptor, which is kind of linked to a stronger defense response in the resistant plants. And the ABCV19 could fit in because it might keep the 2,4-D away from the growing point of the resistant plants and sort of shuttle it into the older leaves where it does less damage. And there's also the strong possibility that there's other mechanisms that we haven't found yet related to the traditional auxin signaling pathway like mutations in that that we haven't found or higher expression of a couple of genes that I did find in the original gene expression study but we couldn't get confirmation of that in all the populations but it could still be there in some of them so it's probably a different contribution of each mechanism in different populations. Very complex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as Pete mentioned in the RE Insight that he wrote on your paper, the mechanisms you found have not been observed for any other herbicide. Can you talk to the complexity of this work and why it's so difficult to understand how 2,4-D works? Yeah, because 2,4-D and the other phenoxies and auxinic herbicides like dicamba, they mimic a natural plant hormone which is involved in basically every step of the plant's development and every response it has to the environment. And so the plant has a, a highly complex way of regulating how much auxin it has and where it puts the auxin and how it interacts with the other plant hormones. And so because of that, the auxinic herbicides don't have one specific target site like most of the others. They have possibly tens or hundreds of proteins involved in signaling and transport. And so it's hard to pin down what the actual target site is and which part of it is being altered in the resistant plants because there's so many to choose from. So, Danica, what's next in your 2,4-D research quest? <laughs> well, as usual, it depends on the funding. Yeah. So we haven't got any at the moment, but we're waiting to hear about a grant proposal that we've put in. So, yeah, we'll see. But at the moment, I'm working on pyroxysulfone resistance and it's a refreshing change. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of a, a shift in gears. Yeah. But if you were to secure that funding, what would your next pathway be in looking at 2,4-D? We would want to confirm the LRK1 receptor actually does contribute to resistance and also confirm, because well, we don't know whether it directly binds 2,4-D itself or is linked to something else. So it would be really good to find out what it actually does because it's one of those proteins where the database says unknown functions. So you go, oh, <laughs> so it's really good to figure out what it's doing and yeah. 
Yeah, you can't sit on that mystery forever. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you need to find out the answer. Yeah. Okay, this is quite a complex paper, but in terms of, you know, if you wanted to give a key takeaway for what you found in this paper for the everyday person, what would you describe your key takeaway as? Probably that you can't assume that the mechanism in one population will be the same as the population next door. Okay, great takeaway message. Well, thank you so much. I think I've got my hand a little bit more around what you've done in this really complex but important paper and I'm sure that it will be really helpful for others who are interested in understanding your work into 24D. So thank you so much, Danica. I really appreciate you sharing your overview of your work. Thank you so much. No worries.